Hello and welcome. Sorry for the delays, but we are here now. It is Monday, December 19th, the start of Christmas week. Mike and I are in our festive outfits today. Sweaters, hats, we're ready for Christmas. And here to recap the weekend action. And man, what a weekend it was. We're going to bounce around a little bit with our top stories. There was a lot to choose from as our lead story. We're going to start with one of Probably one of, if not the most boneheaded decisions in NFL history. Uh, where were you, Mike, when the lights went out on the Patriots? That play at the end of that game where we all thought it was going to overtime. I was sitting at this desk, sitting in, by the way, my my Christmas present from my wife, my new gamer chair. You take a look oh, at very that. nice. Yes, yes. Gamer and live streamer and writing 12 hours a day chair. And I was, <laughs> and I was watching live the uh, Buccaneers and the Bengals. And I was keeping track of the two close games. And when the game-tying touchdown happened for the Raiders, and we can talk about whether that was a touchdown, whatever, it's a touchdown. Get over it, people. I said, oh, it's overtime. And I kind of shuffled that game away. It's going Mm -hmm. to overtime. It's going to be like five minutes before I have to look at it. And then the Discord, the Football Stars Discord, which you can join, start going, And I look down and everybody's referencing. It's like, Mike, burn this play. Tanya, burn this play. Burn this play. Like, what in the world happened? So I had to go racing to social network. Then I saw it and my jaw dropped. And then I had to go rewatch the game and my jaw still dropped. Where were you? I actually, I didn't see it either. I was at dinner. uh, So missed that game. Saw a lot lot of the early games. Some of the afternoon games about the first half and then missed that. So I came back to and got on Twitter and it was all over. (laughs) You said the Discord, Twitter, the whole internet was ablaze with talk of that. And, like, I guess you – you, Jacoby Myers, yeah, he's like, that's all me. You know, they're, they're like, was there any communication there? Do you know the game was tied? He's like, yes, I knew it was tied. Um, wanting to make a play, you know, people getting off. I've seen some people say, why are we not mad at Ramondre Stevenson? It's like, well, he didn't throw the ball 35 yards <laughs> across the field right to a defender trying to throw it back to his quarterback. Um, one of those things, you know, like J.R. Smith in the finals a couple of years ago, <laughs> not knowing the score, kind of making a boneheaded play. One of those things, trying to make a play uh, and not have it, but that's something you just – the situational awareness was not good. But I, I didn't catch it live either, caught it after the fact and was shocked at what I saw. I mean, yeah, that, that New England team this year just kind of has fallen apart from what we're used to seeing. I mean, uh, obviously Tom Brady's not there anymore. They had the, the pretty good year last year. Uh, but they're kind of a, a semblance of what they used to be, which is tough to see as well. And that's just kind of a culmination of the way things have gone, I feel like, this year. And one reason Jacoby Myers like wore the brunt of the blame is because he was sent out there first to talk. What yep. typically happens in most press conference situations is the coach talks first, and then they open the locker room up to players, and maybe they bring two guys up to the podium. Um, Belichick loves to talk first. Belichick wants to get in there before the uh, everybody's gotten even sat down and start mumbling his stuff and getting out of there. Belichick disappeared during this. Mm-hmm. So they send – Jacoby Myers out there and he accepts full responsibility. Yeah. Then, then my personal favorite, Mac Jones goes out there and accepts full responsibility for not being able to tackle Chandler Jones. <laughs> and then Belichick goes out. So Stevenson later took accountability as well, but he wasn't sent out there mm-hmm. to, to talk to face the music until later. And he said, no, no, hundred uh, percent. Jacoby don't get the ball <laughs> unless I yep. get the ball. But like by the time Ramondre even spoke, we had, we also had Belichick said, oh, we can't throw the ball that far. And Mac Jones can't throw the ball that far, <laughs> which is just an unnecessary bus shove. Yeah. To a guy who did nothing. I mean, obviously, Mac Jones is not having a great year. He did nothing on that play, but try to do his job the yep. absolute best he can and discover, 
Holy yeah. crap, someone's trying to pitch the ball to me. What do I do now? Oh, I get steamrolled. So Yeah, you just get shoved into the turf. <laughs> yeah, weird top-to-bottom situation. And, and as I wrote in walkthrough, it just exemplifies how, like you said, how far this team has fallen. Mm-hmm. They're still a wild-card team. They still they still have that great defense, et cetera. Yep. They have fallen from this sort of paragon of how football is supposed to be played. Yep. That's what they were from decades, for decades. And now you get this this kind of dog and pony show, and it's 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 shocking to say. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprised to see Chandler Jones and Mac Jones uh, on angry runs tomorrow with uh, Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football. Wouldn't be surprised to see Chandler Jones take home the the scepter this week because that that was an angry run again, just shoving Mac Jones into the turf. That was a, a pretty good one, but really disappointing. Just to, again. One of the most boneheaded plays, like you said, though, Jacoby Myers taking full responsibility there. Reminder Stevenson, you know, taking some too. Yeah. Um, good to see that at least instead of trying to pass off the play. You yeah. know, we do whatever we can to win the game, something like that, taking responsibility. So that was right. good. The other big story, perhaps a bigger story from the weekend, biggest comeback ever, the history of the NFL. Matt Ryan now owns the most iconic blown lead and the biggest blown lead in NFL history, the 28 to 3 and now the 33 to nothing. It's been a rough go of it for the, the Colts this year. Does that does that Vikings comeback say more about the Colts than it does about the Vikings? Does it make you more or less of a believer in the Vikings that they were able to come back or that they got down that big in the first place to the Colts? Granted, I think there were a couple of special teams and a defensive touchdown, so it wasn't all the offense. But still, like you're the Vikings. You're sitting there 10-3 and three at that point, and you're down 33 to nothing to the Colts. Uh, so how do you view the, those Vikings uh, after this weekend? I hate both franchises, but uh, DVOA hates what the Vikings did. I think we've got the uh, updates, the Monday updates uh, up now, or maybe they're coming very, very soon. But I believe, and I I, I was working on them at 630 this morning, I believe the the, the Vikings actually fell to 26. They fell like four or five spots. From 21 to 26. From 21 to 26, despite this epic thing that they accomplished. And part of it is what you said. it wasn't like, oh, our defense stinks. The defense played poorly. The offense played poorly and surrendered points. The special teams played poorly and surrendered points. So we had this all three phases collapse that lasted a half and into the third quarter. And, you know, the, the comeback is obviously the comeback. Yeah. When you look snap by snap through Colts mistakes along the way, and you say, is this something that's an example of the, the Vikings doing something amazing? Or is this like Colts incompetence, like being able to run out the clock, being able to manage – the fourth quarter clock, being managed, managing plays in overtime. Mm-hmm. It keeps coming back to the Colts were handing, handing opportunities to the, Vi- yep. the Vikings. And the Vikings took them, but it does not exactly make me a believer in the Minnesota Vikings. I, I, how about you? I, I don't know. I might be more of a believer in in football gods at this point. <laughs> the football gods, the baseball gods, this and that. But, I mean, they're, th- they're only three and three against teams. I believe I, I have this right that are top two in their divisions. Um, not great. You know, they've got ten, three losses are all against good teams. Yes. Uh, you get to the playoffs, you're going to face good teams. I think Philadelphia would beat them again. Dallas has their troubles. I'll get to them yeah. a little later on. But I think they would beat Minnesota uh, again. This the, Minnesota, this was from Aaron Schatz. He tweeted this this morning. Even with the adjustments for playing that Colts team uh, who are not good, the Vikings yeah. had minus 38 and a half DVOA in this game. They have 10 games with negative DVOA this season, and they're sitting at 10 and 3. So, oh I, I mean, they're 10 and 0 in one score games. 10, 10 and 0 in one score games. Like, that doesn't happen yeah. uh, right. at, at all. They should have lost to Buffalo. I think we can agree there. They didn't. Uh, overcame a 10 point fourth quarter deficit 
against the Commanders in Week 9. They beat the Bears in the final minutes in Week 5 and overcame a 10-point deficit in the final 10 minutes against Detroit in Week 3 and then lost to Detroit pretty pretty handily last week. Like, I don't know what to believe about them. They're below average in offense, defense, and special teams. You mentioned 26th. But for some reason, somebody somebody upstairs just wants them to keep winning. And I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, Philadelphia Dallas think would beat them if Detroit sneaks in as the seven seed and Minnesota gets that too. They could even beat them in the first round again. Um, I'm not so sure if I believe in them, but somehow they keep winning. So I, we can doubt them all they want. But as long, if they keep winning, it's not going to matter, I don't think. If the good Lord is an NFL fan, the good Lord is not a Vikings fan. That does right. not strike me. Like looking down and saying, well, wait, who will I bless? Uh, but then I, I couldn't imagine the Lord blessing Belichick all these times. So that, there you go. We, we have a, a thing there. Here's the problem. We're going to talk NFC playoffs a little more in a moment. But it's like, okay, here's the Eagles. Okay, fine. The Cowboys. We saw the Cowboys pull one of their uh, whoopsie-doodle collapses. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, they almost did it against the Texans. A couple of weeks yep. ago, they did it against the Packers. They're saying, we do this. We still do this. We have the Vikings who are having this magic lucky charm season. 49ers, seventh-round rookie quarterback. They're playing mm-hmm. phenomenally, but seventh-round rookie quarterback. There's nobody to believe in except the Eagles. Yeah. And then the Eagles are the Eagles, and you can look at it and say, well, I mean, they're obviously strong, but it's like, you know, they, they have a history of being snake bit as well. So – that creates opportunities for all these other teams. That creates opportunities for teams like the Lions, Commanders, Giants, Seahawks, Packers mm-hmm. to come in, get a playoff win or two, because they'll be the ones who are this, you know, show up when the collapse happens by the other yeah. team. And playing well, and you mentioned the Eagles, they had one of their worst games. I think it was their worst offensive game of the year and still found a way to beat the Bears, you know, against a different opponent. Maybe they don't win that game, but they found right. a way to win there. And you mentioned well, Dallas, they've had some collapses. Those are games that we would see Minnesota win, uh, you know, yeah. collapsing like that, but still finding a way to win. And they have uh, so far. So it's so that I, I believe I, I believe that they're good and that they they're a good team overall. I really like them coming into the year. The numbers, you know, DVOA obviously thinks they're not very good. Right. Um, they have the talent is there, obviously. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, DJ Hawkins, and now Kirk Cousins has yeah. had his moments. The defense is a problem. Uh, obviously, they've struggled. <laughs> especially lately have can't really stop the pass at all uh, here recently, but I just, I don't trust them to win the Super Bowl. I don't believe in them, but I do believe that they are still one of the top teams just because everyone else in the NFC partly is just not very good this year, which we've talked about a handful of times as well. So be interesting to see. I still put them probably third in the, they're fourth in the conference behind Philly, Dallas and San Francisco. They're probably the fourth worst uh, there, but they, they keep finding ways to win. So they could prove us all wrong and, Go out and finally get that Super Bowl. I, my theory is not that it's the football lords, but their saves coming, like video game saves mm-hmm. coming. Because especially when Jefferson got hurt, and then suddenly he was fine, and Darisol got hurt, and he was fine. They were just reloading their auto saves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we what, what we saw was the Colts game after they rage quit, reloaded an auto save forty times, and then won that game. And that's what we're seeing this season. This is like the the, the perfect playthrough after five hundred auto saves. Yeah. That's my that's my theory of what the Vikings are doing. We're living in a video game, people. We're living in a video game. Yeah, if you, just a few more weeks there too. So we'll see if they can can keep it up. Um, they did they clinch the division. If they clinched it with a win or a tie. So even if they didn't kick that field goal there at the end, they would have won that. But they've got the division. And one of those teams that they play and that you mentioned or talk about in the NFC, 
the Commanders last night. Sunday Night Football, I told you I didn't see much, really, any of this game. I saw the highlights today. Got up this morning and checked that. What do you think about that? Did they get jobbed on Sunday Night Football? I know there were a few uh, questionable calls and, and plays and situations in this game. I'm a let them play guy, especially late. Hate mm-hmm. seeing the game decided by the penalty in the end zone. Yep. Felt like that was a little beyond let them play. Like that was, you just tackled a guy and like, you don't care anymore. And that that's compounded with the idea that there was a formation penalty before that, that looked a little like it was clear that that, that, that formation had been cleared through the referees. Mm-hmm. Like years ago in the Super Bowl, like Patriots fans, Patriots fans like to complain. Uh, but Alshon Jeffrey on the Philly special was not lined up properly. You guys watch the video and see Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey look at the re- side judge and be like, and the side judge says, that's fine. So you're, you're, you're cleared, even if you're an inch one way or the other, yeah. that's kind of what happened. Um, and also there was the two point conversion where they called offensive pass interference against the commanders. And I, I didn't love that call particularly. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that had repercussions along the way. It's one of those games where the referees are really one-sided, but they don't care. Yeah. Like the makeup call never – like we don't do makeup calls. Yeah, we're just right. going to be one-sided. That said, you're the commanders. Look at your roster versus the Giants roster right mm-hmm. now. And two weeks ago in terms of injuries and who's available who's not, what you have the skill positions, what you have at all these positions, you should win these games. I don't want to hear about your late-game comeback when you blew 15 opportunities to stay in this game, turning the ball over, et cetera. So on the one hand, they got, they got hosed. On the other hand, it's like win outright. Win outright two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. don't come to me about what happened with a minute left when you're down by eight points yeah and they had several shots uh at the end zone they had first and goal at the 10 uh second yeah. goal they got down to the one had a couple or had the play from the one that's the touchdown that was nullified there they got into the end zone so like they got it there a bad call still have a couple shots to get in there and back from the six at that point but yeah. uh like you said you've got opportunities to do it i agree the i did see the the pass interference the one that wasn't called uh at least it wasn't on the level of Saints and Rams a few years ago in the playoffs, but it looks pretty clear that I think if there was uh, – well, I don't remember if you could – when they could review them, if you could review a non-call for pass interference, but that's one that I think gets overturned there because that yeah, was all over him. They least had one hand over his shoulder uh, before the ball got there. So it's tough, but really helped the Giants, obviously, their playoff chances, and that takes us right, right into the NFC playoff odds. We've got the, the Packers. Starting off here at our plus 800, Lions plus 130, Seahawks plus 160, Commanders plus 200, and Giants, the only ones there uh, at minus 500 that are are more than 50% implied to get in the playoffs. What do you think about those odds? Anything you like? You kind of one of those teams you like most out of the others? Well, if you check out the notes, I put in the pl- applied implied probabilities <clears throat> and the football outsiders uh, playoff probabilities, which you guys can find on the website. Um, and most of the time, the, the house is real close to us, and the house is not giving you an inch. Uh, we could probably talk a little bit about the Packers with you, the Packers fan. The one that sticks out is the Lions at plus 130 has an implied probability 43.5%. Football Outsiders is saying 46.4%. Only a couple of percentage. You're only going to get a couple of percentage points. But when you factor in the way the Lions have played recently, their upcoming schedule, and the vibes – yeah. <laughs> like if I'm going to place My a prop bet, bet yeah, place a prop bet right now for the playoffs. I want it to be about vibes. I don't place a prop bet on the Browns. Those are bad vibes. I want to place a prop bet on a team that like I want to root for going through. Plus 130 looks like it's good value there. How about you? What do you say? 
Yeah, I was saying. So I, before you had the implied odds in there too, I pulled uh, pulling their schedules. Yeah, and they have the most reasonable schedule. They're at Carolina, at home against Chicago, and then at Green Bay, compared to the Packers at Miami against Minnesota and Detroit. The Seahawks go to Kansas City at home against the Jets and the Rams. Commanders are at San Francisco at home against Cleveland and Dallas. And then the Giants are at Minnesota at home against Indy and at Philadelphia. So I like the Lions as well. They were the ones I think they could win out there, uh, win the next three, Carolina, Chicago, and Green Bay. Green Bay, you mentioned, you know, is an interesting one too. We talked, I told you before we hopped on here, my my brother has been, you know, all in the numbers. Like if we, if we win, like the Seahawks lost, like that's good for us. You know, we're up to 6%. And I told him weeks ago, like, you just need to quit, give up hope. If they make it, they make it. But there's not a shot. We're not beating Miami on Christmas Day down in Miami. We've still got to play Minnesota and that. But, I mean, if they do find a way, I think we could, would probably most would agree they should beat the Rams tonight at home. Uh, again, they've lost some games they should have won. But at Miami against Minnesota, Detroit, if they find a way to get the offense going, I know I told you too before we hopped on, that was my, my preseason prediction in our staff picks. It's always been in the back of my head. All year, I said, hey, you know, I think they, they maybe struggle a little bit. They win some games throughout the year. They have that last week by, just like the Bucks did in 2020. They get the offense going. It could happen. They have all their receivers healthy tonight for the first yeah. time since two. So maybe they do go on a run, but they need a lot to happen. But if the Commanders lose two out of their last three and the Packers went out and Dallas, you know, they beat uh, Detroit at that point, you know, they've got a shot to get in, but they have to win out. So I, I think the Lions have the best shot given their schedule and the schedule of the other teams there as well. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. When I first saw Packers plus 800 and realizing it's a pretty winnable game tonight, mm-hmm. it, it initially looked to me like there might be just a little market inefficiency value sitting here right now that people would wait for the Packers after the victory come in and then you're yep. offering plus 550 or something like that. Football outsiders disagrees. And I realized that's a tricky game. That's Christmas day, mm-hmm. one o'clock. Packers, Dolphins. Will you be watching? Will you be watching? I will be. Uh, I will try to be. I've got to travel Christmas Day, so I might be on the road a little bit for that. But uh, I'm going to ho- try and make my travel before that, not going too far, uh, just a couple hours. So hopefully we can get on the road before then. But a lot of busy weekend, so it's going to be tough. Uh, but obviously I would love to see that. Again, I'm at the point where <laughs> uh, I'm not counting on it. It's kind of tough to watch the game sometimes, so maybe I'll be glad that I missed if I miss the first half and then, They'll pull a, a, a Cowboys game and come out in the second half and win it. I don't know. That's like your advice to your brother about letting go. Yeah. Right? So it is Christmas Day in another world. You're like, well, let's move our schedule around and, and build around this day. Yeah. Now it's like, let's travel. Let's do what we have to do. Let's do it with our family. And we'll see if we got to win. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think I'm a bigger Christmas fan than I am a Packers fan. And that's saying a lot. So good Christmas, guys. So <laughs> Christmas Love comes it. first. But yeah, I'm going to do my best to watch it. But I actually, didn't. Or forgot it was a one o'clock game until you mentioned that, and now it got me a little flustered. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't realize that it was the early game. I was thinking it was 4:30. That's right in that window. I'll tell you, what, I mean, Christmas Day itself is for my family. My mom comes over, etc. Christmas Eve day with all those games. I was talking yesterday, my bartender, like, you gonna be here? He's like, we're gonna be here. We're gonna be open. Talk to the other. You guys, yeah, we're gonna be here. One o'clock Christmas Eve day. It's going to be a, a Saturday, but it's going to be an NFL Sunday yeah. <laughs> at the bar, uh, and we're going to be enjoying And I don't know what's going to happen for Eagles-Cowboys. That's probably going to be a complete uh, dumpster fire in, the, in yeah. that bar. It'll be a fun one, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so that uh, takes us into going to talk some Monday Night Football again, talking Packers. Before we do, just want to ask you guys out there that you're watching, if you missed your season-long playoffs, did you? Maybe you did. Maybe you made it, but you had a rough weekend this past weekend. A lot of guys that you would expect to score touchdowns did not. We had a lot of that helps no one touchdowns this weekend. But if you're not, <laughs> put on Underdog Fantasy with us and double your first deposit up to $100 using promo code OUTSIDERS. Play Underdog's Battle Royale which is a fast six-round weekly fantasy football draft. Gives you a little easier chances to win than traditional daily fantasy sites. You can even win 50 grand for that first prize, first place prize. You can also try their pick'em games where you're basically parlaying prop bets. Picking players' chances go higher or lower than their projected stat lines. That is available even in states where traditional prop betting currently is not. Underdog is the fastest-growing fantasy site around, so join the fun over at underdogfantasy.com. Or download Underdog in the App Store and use promo code OUTSIDERS now to double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that takes us in tonight's Monday Night Football game, the last game of Week 15. The Rams sitting at plus 7 still at Green Bay. Only a 39.5 point total here. Packers had the big win against Chicago last time out before the bye. They've won their last two at home against the Rams. 36-28 last November. They got up big early. 32-18 in that 2021 divisional round. What do you like here tonight uh, spread-wise total? you have any picks on this before I give mine? Going back and forth over that 39. Mm-hmm. feel like, again, you talk about the healthy receivers now, the fact that Christian Watson is catapulting towards possibly having a rookie of the year season. Yep. And I could see the Packers dropping 30 easily against what's left of this defense and that is just a matter of whatever silliness comes on the other end and you go over so i'm 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 leaning towards that and i guess in the same mindset what do we got seven seven yeah it was at seven last thursday when tom and i did our clips in our show uh for the mm-hmm. fantasy embedding show and i checked i figured it might have moved a little bit but yeah it's st- it held steady at seven uh or at least it moved back to seven if it moved at all right it's at seven and a half right now on my book probably staying away from that don't have a lot of interest in it would lean towards the Packers, though. I think there's a huge false read from what we saw at the end of that game with Baker Mayfield, where it's like the guy's batting the ball out of his hand and all that other nonsense that happens in that. This is not not a Rams team that has figured anything out. They're trying to rest comfortably (laughs) and get out of the season, and I think that's going to favor the Packers. Yeah, not really a great game from you know the heroics at the end of the game, but other than that, it wasn't a good game overall. I went when we did this on Thursday, Tom and I, we make every pick, uh, even if we're confident in it or not, we pick uh, spread and total in every game. I went a little biased in Packers. I said that they cover again. I just I don't think there's going to be the Baker magic. He played against the Packers on Christmas Day last year with the Browns, had four interceptions against the Packers. He did have two touchdowns, but. I just don't don't see the the Rams having enough there. Green Bay coming off the bye, healthy receivers going to be good. I went with the under last week. I think as as even though the Packers are healthy, I they've struggled with the offense so much this year uh, at times. I think uh, that they do, and they struggled a lot against Chicago kind of till late. Um, I'm going to side under just because I also don't think the Rams are going to be able to do very much uh, because I just. I, I don't like that Baker Mayfield offense or much what's left of that Rams offense in general. So those are the ones, but talking props, that's what we always like here on Mondays. The ones that we do really like to bet that we are confident in. The first one I like, you mentioned Christian Watson. I'm going to go, I think he could hit his, but I'm going to go with the other guy in town there. Alan Lazard over 44 and a half receiving yards. That's three yards less than Christian Watson's 47 and a half. Lazard has 45 plus in six of his last seven. 
in all but three of his 11 total games played. All that attention on Christian Watson. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the higher. I think a lot of that, a lot more action is going to be there. But Lazard is still a big part of the offense. Rodgers loves him and trusts him. Uh, the Rams are 31st in DVOA against wide receiver ones, 28th against wide receiver twos. So it's kind of pick your poison there. And that's why I think they could both go over. Watson there, 47 and a half there. The Rams 31st against deep passes in DVOA. Watson has 9.8 yards per target highest on the team. So it only takes one for him to get there. And I right. think Lazard gets over it as kind of the underlooked guy there in Green Bay right now. I like that. Yeah, because I think you're right. Lazard is underlooked, underappreciated. He's consistent. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that both of these receivers are down in the 40s. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't take uh, like some big game. You're just rooting for a game. And you don't, there's not a Jalen Ramsey factor like, well, one of them's going to be eliminated by this. No, they're, yeah. they're going to be able to do things on crossing routes, et cetera, to get to that. And again, like, I don't know how many points the Packers are actually going to put up. They should be able to move the ball somewhat yeah. consistently. And if they're doing so, those guys are going to be involved. I like that. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot else in this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. one I, I was looking at Aaron Rodgers, and I was originally thinking under, because the under was 230.5 at points bet, I think. And okay. looking into it, he hasn't hit 230 since week nine at Detroit. Under wow. 230 in all but two games since he had three straight in weeks two to four. But I'm going to go with the over at 227 and a half on DraftKings. The Rams are much worse against the pass than the rush. Only 26th against the pass, fifth against the rush. Even in recent weeks, uh, teams have been a little bit better, but they, there have been a couple games running the ball. But they've given up some big numbers lately in the past game prior to holding Derek Carr to 137 last week, and that's the uh-huh. Raiders who have been hit or miss this year. Gave up 367 to Geno Smith, 320 to Mahomes, 260 to Andy Dalton, 238 to Colt McCoy, and then uh, 280 to Brady, 235 to Jimmy G. All since they're by. So they've given up uh, a lot of games over that 227 and a half. Green Bay's got the seventh best pass offense in DVOA the last five weeks. I know they like to keep it balanced. They're still in middle of the pack in their pass run ratio, so they do still pass the ball um, quite a bit, about the same rate as last year when I was looking – today even though they, they have run the ball more in recent years but I think Rodgers you said is able to move the ball maybe some screens that go for longer plays to the the right short dump offs to the running backs we've seen what the, those guys can do after the catch so I'm gonna go over 227 and a half for the passing that's nice and low and one of the things you look at now first of all I thought I talked about this with you last week but it was a Monday night game or maybe it was the previous Thursday mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was repeating plays. Yeah. It was very obvious he was repeating plays. And then somehow it works at the end because he completes one or two deep passes. You're not going to see a consistent, sustained Rams offense. You're going to say maybe some splashes, a lot of three and out, a lot of three and out. And sometimes it just comes down to possessions for the other team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes it's like, okay, Rodgers is not having a great game, but he just got the ball back for the 11th time <laughs> through the third quarter. You're just going to get accumulation bulk stats, even if you're not having a phenomenal game, to get over some of these unders and overs. So I like that. I like that combination of the three of them with Lazard, yep. with Watson, and with Rodgers. And I love the idea that we're not going to even touch the Rams in any way. Yeah. So I didn't love anything from the Rams side. I wanted to try and get at least one. Okay. Uh, for the Rams, and there was one that I, I think is decent. Van Jefferson over 31 and a half receiving yards uh, on Fanduel. He's got 39 plus in three of his last four. He had 44 in that last game. Baker's first start took till the final offensive play minus the, the kneel downs, but still got it. In Green Bay, only 16th against wide receiver ones this year, and they're 20th in pass defense DVOA the last five weeks. So if there's gonna be a guy, I know uh, Skoranek led the team in receiving last week, but Jefferson again had 44, went over that 39. Uh, over that third, just 31 and a half. I think he's able to get there uh, just on some volume alone there. So, again, don't love it. 
Uh, but when I was looking at the Rams, that was one that I was like, I, I feel pretty good about that one, that he's going to be able to get get there. I was actually just took a quick look. Like maybe the Baker Mayfield interception prop is pretty yep. good. It's it's set at a half. It's always set in a half. But the over is minus 170. They don't want you playing it. No. They don't want you playing it. So that, that's where we're at down here. But I, I, I get the reasoning there. Somebody's going to get some opportunities there. Yep. And it's Jefferson. I probably just would steer away from yep. playing the Rams. But if you're looking to, to diversify it, that is a good one to look at. Especially on underdog when you're building those parlays. If you get to four, you get a 10-time payout. If, if you do oh, five yeah. out of five, you get the 20 times. You can do the insurance, but sometimes you know try and get a couple. So that's one. I didn't see, actually didn't look at what his line is on underdog. Sometimes they're a little higher, so maybe he's at 34 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, expecting Green Bay to win this one too, I would think the, the Rams are going to have to throw the ball, uh, be playing from behind most of the time. So Van Jefferson there, 31 and a half, pretty low for him. Hasn't been a great year, but but now vaulted into that wide receiver one spot. Uh, so good shot there. So that takes us in to our winners and losers of the week. And I, when I was looking at the, the notes this morning for this, I thought your winner of the week, I thought I had last year's, or last week's, and I was going to take this guy, so I'm going to let you take him because he had a big week. It is the much maligned wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Zay Jones. And if you've watched Zay Jones throughout the season, he's not played particularly well. Both him and Evan Ingram have been sort of the pass-dropping, contested catch, 50-50 balls, more like a 10-90 ball when they get there. Um, Disappointment of a free agent acquisition. Uh, for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Zay Jones exploded six catches, 109 yards, three touchdowns yesterday in what was sort of a, a signature Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. game, a comeback, a signature Cowboys collapse, of course, yeah. as well. But, you know, but like jo- Jones is a pretty good receiver for the, the Raiders mm-hmm. last year. He, he's not a, a, a stumble bomb the way he's looked most of the season. And it was good and encouraging to see him move forward because you know trevor lawrence moves forward wild card chance still actually a divisional crown chance yeah there's one game back in the titans and they still have a game with the titans right and and you can look till next year and it's like well next year they'll have calvin ridley well i'm not sure what calvin ridley is right now let's be honest and they can get somebody well they need to get some guys on defense especially on the back seven Mm -hmm. the wide receivers have to step up they have to still contribute it can't can't just be christian kirk and then we hope ridley's like totally where he needs to be Guys like Zay Jones have to be contributors. It's a good sign that maybe he's turning the corner a little bit this year. Who'd you yeah. put? Zay oh, Jones, his, uh, I think it was his last touchdown, came at the expense of me and uh, Evan Ingram. I had it in a best ball where I advanced to the quarterfinals, uh, one league, Evan Ingram. It wasn't a great pass down at the ground, but had it in his hands, dropped it, and then Zay Jones got the touchdown. So that was was rough for me. But as you mentioned, the drops with Evan Ingram. Again, it was a tough catch, but, but had it on it. My winner, though, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals down 17-3 to at halftime against the Bucs. Scored 31 straight second-half points before giving up a late, meaningless touchdown. With the win, they took over the AFC North lead because of Baltimore's loss as well. Didn't get the help they needed for Miami and Houston to beat the Bills and Chiefs. Those games were close, but they are still, the Bengals are in the fight for the AFC's one seed. Have yeah. a big one against the Bills in Week 17 that could be yeah. could determine that or even get them to the two seed, uh, potentially. Um, but uh, Bengals have big winners this week. Joe Burrow, again, them having just a terrible first half coming out in that second half. I actually did have uh, another slight winner from Jacksonville. We talked about Evan Ingram, the bad, but the good, and I'll cover Jacksonville a little bit more in a minute, but him diving out of bounds to stop the clock and save that final timeout ended up being reviewed. Uh, a winner there because that was a huge play that ended up essentially, uh, I think, winning the game for them because it enabled them 
getting to use that timeout. And I'll talk about kind of the whole timeout situation and why they even got there in a minute of my losers. But I will let you uh, give your loser of the week here first. And it's a big one. By the way, you had Evan Ingram in a best ball. I do. I have him in one of my best ball leagues. Yep. And you're like watching his drops and like standing for, you got turned into a Giants fan if you're not careful. <laughs> if you start really thinking about Evan Ingram a lot, that's like a pathology. And you're like, yeah. you know, if you take away the drops, he's pretty good. If you take away Mitch Trubisky's interceptions, he's good. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but we're, yeah, we're doing loser of the week. And by the way, I put in the outline, no Patriots. We covered that's right. that. Yeah, non-Patriots. Yeah, too easy, low-lying fruit. It's all done. So my loser of the week is the Indianapolis Colts organization, top to bottom, because that was an organization-wide collapse in progress there, what we saw. First of all, you've got Jeff Saturday coaching, has no business coaching in the NFL. Keeps showing you that with his mismanagement of whether it's a late and close situation, like all the late and close situations he dealt with this week, stuff he dealt with a few weeks ago where he mismanaged the clock, going into the Cowboys game and having no answers, even though it was close going into the fourth quarter. There's no reason for him to be out there. There's no reason for this like malaise to have hung over this team that Matt Ryan was in and out of the lineup because they had to run Sam Ellinger out there for a couple weeks to prove a point. There was nothing. They should have been like like rallying around trying to get anything right for Matt Ryan along the way. Maybe we're not here. Going back to the Frank Reich firing, you know, the rift that's going on, going back to the Matt Ryan trade, even that brings him in and creates these false expectations of what this team is. Yep. That was the culmination that we saw on Saturday. And I, I, I think it was an intervention. So Jim Irsay doesn't say like, oh, you know, Saturday had him playing tough. Look what they did to the Vikings. I'm going to give him a five-year contract. That was an intervention to prevent that. Mm-hmm. And it demonstrates that like top to bottom, the Ballard level, the coaching level, how they deal with their quarterbacks, how they deal with their roster. This team needs to be fixed because they go out every week and find weird, new novel ways to humiliate themselves and it's getting really sad yeah i've got a couple close friends that are colts fans in there uh it's been rough they're not happy with the way things are going there right now uh looks like colts are gonna have a high pick maybe get a quarterback who knows uh in the draft coming up my losers of the week another team uh as well dallas cowboys uh this Mm -hmm. one is kind of a little bit of some low-hanging fruit there but i was looking around there weren't any like really big losers and kind of the way that we do things here um picking ours so i went with it that blew the 17 point second half lead and then that play call in the final drive and regulation they've got third and 10 they already (laughs) made jacksonville burn their final two timeouts on the two plays prior third down they threw downfield to the sideline it was incomplete so jacksonville keeps their last timeout and the cowboys are punting on fourth and 10 i get if you want to want to win the game right there with the first down but i feel like if you're going to throw make it a high percentage throw something over the middle uh, or at least where you know it's going to be caught and try and get some yardage. Um, you can at least make them burn their last time out. Right. But no, and that enabled Jacksonville to open up the playbook after that Evan Evan Ingram play where he got out of bounds. It enabled him to throw over the middle. Zay Jones got a night. I think it was I believe it was Zay Jones, 19 yards, gets them right in field goal range, use their final timeout, kick the field goal, tie the game, and win in overtime. So some bad management there. Again, I don't don't hate the decision to try and get the first down and win the game throwing it. Right. But something down the field to the sideline where, you know, even if you catch it, you probably you might get pushed out of bounds anyway in the clock. Right. Or, sorry, they win the game, so that doesn't matter. Yeah. But the chance of that ball, if it's not on the on target like it was, getting knocked down, going out of bounds. So that was a little bit of a, a head scratcher to me too there in that game. So Cowboys, big losers this weekend. And then, like you said, the close game last week against Houston, never should have been that close. And then losing yeah. this one to a, a tough Jaguars team, but still they should have won this one. 
Absolutely. By the way, watch the pick six to end the game again. Okay, so mm-hmm. you, the first thing you know, it's obviously a tip ball. You don't want to yeah. rip Prescott too much as a, as a tip ball. Watch where the receivers are for the Cowboys. There are three receivers right there. And it looks like what they're trying, they were trying to run a mesh concept with the guy going behind it, which is a pretty common thing. It's like an area yep. concept. But like everybody just sort of like congregated in the middle. Like, like one guy got disrupted on his route. I don't think the depths were right. And I keep looking at it saying, why are there three people in the exact same place where this ball is thrown? Now, maybe Doc shouldn't throw it into the crowd there, but I don't know yep. where else to go to. But it's all of these little tiny things that the Cowboys just find ways to do wrong that cost them victories. Yeah. And that's a good example. Like mm-hmm. a shallow cross might make sense on third and 10. Yeah. Like, okay, stop CD lamb on the cross. And if not, yeah. we'll burn your final time out, et cetera, et cetera. But like that final play, I look at it, it's like, well, you put, you, you honestly put Dak Prescott in a bad position on that play. Probably shouldn't result in the pick six, but you're not going to, you're, yeah. you're not prepared to do what you're trying to do. Yeah, three receivers there probably meet probably meant what six defenders in the area uh there so just not a, a good look yeah they're losers the other ones that could be losers this week too fantasy players i mentioned earlier there were a lot of touchdowns by players that don't really help so it was a frustrating week but also a winner uh another one i wanted to say for winners is people i knew a handful of people that had a kirk cousins or justin jefferson in fantasy that were really down <laughs> that first yeah. half in their fantasy matchups and then turned it on in the second half. So they were big winners this weekend as well. I was real happy because at ha- I was sitting on the discord again, you can follow the discord down here and like my wife's baking cookies. I'm having a cocktail. Like I'm going to, I'm going to take the second half, the Vikings in the second half plus 26.5. So I win this little <laughs> bet and I'm like, okay guys, you can stop now. I won the bet. You don't have to turn this into something historic, right. but it was a fun little way of, of, uh, of, of enjoying that comeback to a degree. And welcome Jim NFL seven. I'll say, it's almost always a bad weekend to be Matt, Matt Ryan, <laughs> except for the fact that he's a successful multimillionaire and we're not. But like, you know, <laughs> but uh, and the Titans lost their fourth straight game because the Titans are not particularly good and they have a lot of injuries. And they just fired their GM because of, of the season they're having. Yep. So, Jim, I'd keep you on the lookout for those Jacksonville Jaguars. Titans mm-hmm. need to be watching their six. Yeah, the Titans are not going to get the one seed this year. So uh won't have as many people yelling at us for saying the Titans are the worst one seed ever. No, that's I mean, that's the Vi- well, the Vikings won't be the one seed, but we got plenty yeah. of Vikings fans yelling at us, so it's fine. Yeah, so you're telling me you didn't believe in the Vikings to win that and didn't take money line, just took the spread, <laughs> huh? Oh, well, I mean, next time I'll take the money line. Right. Right. Does the spread look the spread was safe? It's like, what are the chances that the Colts are going to play at this high level right. and cousins isn't going to dink, dink, dink his way for, for some yards and points, yeah. et cetera. So that was safe as anything. And another team that you watch is like, as the Buccaneers get worse and worse and worse, mm. Brady is still getting that fourth quarter touchdown, no matter yep. what he's turned into that guy. Now, of course, a couple of times they've turned into wins, but at the end of the, at the end of that Bengals game, I was looking, it's like, I should just grab Brady right now because they're going to play prevent. And when there's no pass rush, Brady can still sit there and be Brady. Mm. And, and and collect these these yards and points. So be on the lookout for that in some of these future games. That Brady is a backdoor cover fit, a guy now. What a weird place from the be in his career, but yeah. that's kind of what he's become. Yeah, and we'll have a bunch of games. We've got what Thursday night game this week. Uh, so you can join us on the the Football Outsiders Discord there as well. Don't forget yes. it is Monday. We've mentioned some of the data being out there already. We mentioned a couple times. If you are not an FL Plus subscriber. Subscribe to FO Plus. You get access to all of that data today instead of having to wait till tomorrow. Get access to premium stats, articles, fantasy advice, betting picks as well. 
So a lot to love there. Um, and don't forget about that free $100 you can get through Underdog using promo code OUTSIDERS. You can play that tonight with some of those picks we had for our, our uh, Monday Night Football props and maybe win some money on an Underdog parlay, the pick it is there for Underdog. Thanks for joining in and tuning in with us. We will not be on next Monday uh, with it being the Christmas holiday. Everyone enjoy the weekend. Enjoy you know, all the action we've got this weekend. Got a, a day full of games on Saturday, three games, I think, Christmas Day, and then a Monday night football game as well. So thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. And uh, Mike, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Merry Christmas, man.